just got back from Eretz Yisrael this morning, and my son, who was with me, saw a friend of his on the plane, and uh, my son asked his friend, what's on your wrist? And his friend said, oh, it's a red string, because, you know, if you go to Israel, you've got to come back with a red string on your wrist. So I thought we'd talk about the issue of wearing a red string around your wrist uh, to ward off Ayin Hara, or for whatever else it may be um, supposed to accomplish. Um, people wear and sell red strings that have been placed around Kever Rachel. You see them advertised. You see people selling them in Eretz Yisrael all the time. I believe you can buy them, on, or at least as of a couple of years ago, you were able to buy them on Target.com for $25, um, which is a pretty high profit margin for the people at Target, a Kabbalah string. Um, the, m- many of the sources I'm about to share with you are based on a shear from Rabbi Michael Taubis, that's actually on Yu Torah that I listened to. Uh, Rabbi Tabas pointed out correctly that wearing a red string is at least a segula to ward off people who are trying to sell you red strings. Because, uh, you know, they see you have one already. But uh, let's see. There is a concept called Dark Amori in, the, uh, in, in Halacha that we're not allowed to do Losasa Kema Sehem. The Torah says we're not allowed to go in the ways of the Amori people. It's uh, the Ramban in uh, Shemos Perich of Gimel has a lengthy discussion about where exactly the source is, what Pasuk exactly is the source for this Havera, whether it's Bechukosem Loselechu, Beloselchu Bechukos Hagayim, something like that. There are several examples given in Chazal for Dark Amori. The Mishnah Chulun Dafayin Zayin says that uh, if a person if you find a fetus inside a behemoth that you shechted, you're not allowed to bury it by the crossroads or hang it on a tree because that's called Darke Hamori. The mission of Odzara, Dafir Aleph, says that you're allowed to burn things as a sign of mourning for kings, and that's Ein Bomishum Darke Hamori. That's not a problem with Darke Hamori. Mishnah Daf Samach Zayin in Shabbos, Daf Samach Zayin writes, Yotzin Bebetzas Achar. Let's say to wear a fox's tooth around your neck as like a necklace or something, as a refuah, as some way, uh, some segula type of a refuah. So the mayor says that's not an isra of hotzah and Shabbos. Chum say forget about hotzah. You can't even wear it on a weekday. Because it's a violation of darke ha'emori. So that is uh, the, the isra of darke ha'emori. There are many examples in Chazal. The problem is coming, at a clear, coming to a clear definition of Darke Amori. We have examples that we just cited of things that are a problem of Darke Amori. There are examples of things that are not a problem of Darke Amori. What exa- exactly is the definition of Darke Amori? Tosim Sech Sanhedrin, Daphne Bez and Bez, writes that it's not necessarily Avodazara, it refers to something that they do, Lechok Hevel Vishtus Shalehem. It's something that's nonsense, superstition. That's Darke Amori. It doesn't have to be Avodazara to be Darke Amori. So it's just absolute, uh, absolute nonsense. A good luck charm that that Goyim do. That's how the Shilta Giborim in Shabbos of Lamed Alpha and Alpha Dapei Arif writes as well. Um, the Ran in Mesech Sanhedrin Dafin Beis Lamed Alpha writes: Im Akuti Im Nogim Beis Aminak Shein Batam Bedarke Ateva Vlonis Ames Hanisayon. If something doesn't have any logical explanation in in nature why it should work, and it hasn't been uh, t- proven to work through testing, so if you do that, if you do such things for Rafua, such things are considered Darke Hamori which seems to say that if it does work even if you can't explain why it works that would seem to suggest that it would be that it would be okay uh, the Marik in Shorish Peches was asked about doctors wearing white coats this is a very famous Marik we've mentioned in the past where uh, it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch that he says that's not a problem of Dark Amori because there's a logical reason why they would do that they would do that so you could easily identify who's a doctor it's helpful, it's helpful if you're in a hospital 
to know who's a doctor and who's, let's say, an orderly. Like you would want to know who to ask for help. So that's something that makes sense. Would not be a problem of Darke Hamori. The Ran of Vodzarda Bezim Bezbidaperif suggests that Darke Hamori are things that have a hint of a Vodzar associated with them. So there's a lot of uh, discussion. We show them ranging from anything that's illogical to something that has to be a Vodzara based. The Rambam in Mornavuchim uh, writes extensively about things that magicians do that shouldn't be believed to have any truth and anything that people believe works but has no scientific basis and is purely a segula is a violation of Tarkei Amori. The Rambam obviously is the ultra-rationalist and anything that's, um, that, that, that's not scientifically proven is, a, is automatically a violation of Tarkei Amori. The Mishnah Chulin about the tooth of a fox having therapeutic value is because in the times of the Mishnah they believed that it had therapeutic value. They believed that, that it works. But the Rambam all such type superstitions are all sheker v'chazav v'heim shehitu b'ana ovdei akuchav makadmonim early ovdei avodazara caused us to believe in these things v'ein royli yisrael shem ha'chachamim and Jews who are chacham should not believe l'dvarim elu in these things v'lo l'halos halev sheish toelas bem we should never believe any of these things have any sort of toelas interestingly the gra in Yardea a very famous gra Yardea Simon Kufay and Tesev Katnid Gimel writes that the Rambam's Shita is based on his leaning toward Aristotelian philosophy, and he says that the Rambam had such harsh views of things that are irrational because of his philosophical leanings, but uh, maybe you don't have to go as far as the Rambam, in fact, does go. The Mi'iri, Mesech Shabbos of Samach Zayin, writes something very interesting. He says that people believe things work, and sometimes just the fact that you believe they work makes them work. The Mi'iri talks about a placebo effect. That sometimes if a person thinks that he's being protected in some way, then it actually affords him some sort of protection. The friend of my son's on the plane was also wearing some other bracelet that apparently makes you a much better athlete and uh, gives you a great balance. And my son said, does that really work? He said, I'm telling you, when you play sports with it on, like there's no comparison to when you play without it on. Which means he has more confidence in his game, obviously, because it's, uh, it's what we call a placebo effect. I, not, not to be a non-believer, but uh, yeah. So that's the... Uh, okay, so in Shulchan Aruch, in Hilchah Shabbos, Shin Aleph quotes two opinions in regards to, uh, to Darke Amori, that maybe it's only Asr if it was checked and known not to work, uh, but he says others Asr even if it hasn't been proven to work, meaning even if it hasn't been checked, it just hasn't been proven to work, Mela, it's already, uh, it's already Asr. Um, the, uh, the, the, so let's go to the red strings over here. Uh, the, the, tos- the only place red strings are quoted in Chazal that I know of is the Tosefta Mesecha Shabbos in Perak Zayin, where Tosefta gives a list of things that are Darke Amori. One of the things that Tosefta says that is Darke Amori is chut adom al etzbao. Someone who puts a, a red string around his finger, that's included in Darke Amori, and uh, it seems, I don't know anything about Kabbalah, but those who do know have, uh, have said that there's no real Kabbalistic source for wearing a red thread around your wrist to ward off ayin hara, that it doesn't really work Kabbalistically. Um, now, this is a, a, a practice that's very, um, that's been very strong amongst many uh, righteous Jews, uh, yet it doesn't seem that it's mentioned in any Kabbalistic uh, place. The only, the only time it's mentioned anything similar is the Gemara talks about the practice of tying a bundle of herbs or gems and wearing them in order to ward off the ayin hara. Nothing about red, nothing about kevarachel, and uh, nothing about thread even is, is, is mentioned. And the Gemara is just talking in Hilcha Shabbos and mentions it very much Derech Agav. So is it mutter to do, to wear such a string around your hand? So the Debrezina Rav mentions 
that he saw this practice growing up in his father's home of wearing such a red a right to bendel, but he says he couldn't find any source for it. For it. He couldn't find any, any source where it, uh, where it comes up, but apparently it's, it's been in existence for a while. So what are the possible heterim? So the, uh, the Munkachin, Divrei Torah, Chelek Bey's Simen Pei Aleph, quotes the Zohar, that a red thread Kabbalistically relates to Din and Gvura in some way. Again, I'm not sure what that has to do with the, Ezra, with the Ayin Hara. Korban on the Yerushalmi and Shabbos says that the fact that there are no longer Amori people around might help us in terms of solving the dark Amori problem because now, if someone sees a red string, what do they assume? They say, ah, it's a Kabbalah bracelet. They don't associate with Amori. So maybe it loses its status as dark Amori, suggests such a possibility, says the Korban and the Ishal Avrami B'chach suggests something similar maybe it loses its status of Darkei Amori when it becomes Darkei Yehudi, and there aren't any Amorim that do it anymore. Rav Shlomo Kluger and Ha'elfu Chashlomi Yardes and Rish Tezvav also suggest maybe the Yisra is only if we know that it once was Darkei Amori, and, uh, and, and, and even if we do know that once Goyim did it, maybe they only did it because they learned it from us, like, like Bismanenu, where we see the Hollywood starlets that, uh, that wear it, but they do it and they claim they learned it from the Jewish mystical uh, teachings, so they, they learned it from us, then it wouldn't be Darkei Amori still wouldn't explain what the reason is for it or what it's based on, but maybe that would take away a little of the edge off of the Darke Ha'amori issue. Also, some point out that, you know, if you look in the Tosefta, Tosefta lists wearing the red string is one of the Darke Ha'amori things, but the Gemara, when it talks about, uh, when the Mishnais and the Gemaras, when they give lists of Darke Ha'amori, leave out that one. So maybe they left it out consciously, that uh, they left out that one because we didn't believe it was Darke Ha'amori. Those are the potential Eterim. The Ramah Paskins, though, that anything that doesn't have known reason should be assumed to originate in Darke and should therefore be Usser. I asked Rav Shechter what he thinks about the red strings. He is not a big fan. He thinks that it's uh, that it's uh, we should get rid of these things, these uh, silly superstitions. Rav Shechter likes to point out that uh, the only religion that uh, he's aware of that actually assers superstitious behavior and Jewish people tend to be the most superstitious of all people. Very, very strange. Maybe because we have a Yetzirah for it. We have a Yetzirah for it because it's an Isser. But it's an Isser to, uh, to engage in, in, in superstition. So Another, again, a number of sudden lahakal Rav Shechter did not think that we should we should be makel. So what is Ayin Hara and how does one beat Ayin Hara? So this is uh, something that's discussed. Um, um, who is it again? The uh, the the um, Rav Dessler, right? Rav Dessler and discusses the concept of Ayin Hara and he essentially proves through Chazal that the concept of Ayin Hara is that in the world there's supposed to be a certain balance, that everything is supposed to fit into its rightful place. And when one thing sort of emerges and is belate, you know, beyond where its normal place and it's unusually successful, Ayin Hara sort of puts it back and it's noticed so the concept of Ayin Hara says it's going to be knocked back down into its place, that nothing's going to be allowed to stick out. And that's why the Gemara in Babasudav Beis talks about uh, uh, not looking at someone else's field in full bloom because it's going to be a problem of Ayin Hara because again it arouses a certain amount of jealousy it arouses a certain amount of attention to unusual success so says Rav Dessler how does one uh, overcome what's the real Sgula to overcome Ayin Hara is that if one actually has success unusual success one should uh, try not to draw attention to it one should be should, should go in a much more Tzniyastik uh, fashion and not draw attention to, to our successes and ultimately the teaching the, the idea of uh, being Tzanua ultimately is our best protection against whatever this concept of Ayin Hara is in order to, uh, to see to it that Akash Baruch Hu will be interested in allowing our success to continue not by
by using it as an impetus to lord over other people or to show other people what they don't have, but is using uh, whatever successes and whatever abilities that Baruch gave us to be able to be Ovid Hashem in a better way, and that ultimately is the only tried and tested way to defeat the Ayin Hara.